everyone, and welcome to Talk Your Peace with Hannah and Aziz. I'm Hannah. I'm Aziz. And if you're new to the podcast, this is where complex conversations take place. Every week, Aziz and I will bring you a topic from our perspective as young college students, and we'll often bring on a guest to talk about that topic so that we can get everyone engaged in a meaningful conversation and hopefully have you learn about something that you might not have known about before. So today, we're going to be tackling the conversation of converting or reverting to Islam. And we have with us a very special guest in the studio. We have Monica Paredes. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. (laughs) Monica is a student at UC Davis studying political science. And Monica actually reverted to Islam not too long ago. So we're going to talk to her about how her experience has been and widen the conversation to tackle how we can be better Muslims and supports for people who do choose to revert or convert to Islam. So Monica, first of all, Aziz, the audience wants to hear you. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, and actually before we start, how's everyone feeling? Are we doing safe? Are we staying healthy? Feeling pretty good, yeah. Yeah, just trying to keep up. It's a lot, but we're moving, (laughs) we move. Okay, good. So we'll just get right into it then, not keep our audience waiting. Monica, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to Islam? All right. So I first started learning about Islam when I was about, what, 11, 12 years old. It was middle school. So my school actually is a pretty small school. And our social studies program talked a lot about religions, which I assume every middle schooler has to learn about religion. But they focus a lot on like the Abrahamic religions. And me, I grew up Catholic. And something about Islam was like very interesting to me. It's very intriguing because a lot of it was similar to what I grew up with. And I just thought, you know what, I really respect this. It's really cool. Like it makes a lot of sense to me. But I was really young at the time. So I told myself, you know, like don't like start thinking anything right now. And maybe if you still think about it when you're older, then start actually like paying more attention, learning more, asking more questions. So as much as I tried to avoid it, or not avoid it, but like, you know, wait. A lot of my friends growing up were Muslim, and I was around them all the time, so it's kind of hard to, like, not think about it. I just didn't really think that I would do it until I was about 18, 19. I think it took a lot of me, like, being a really religious Catholic and then falling off on that to start asking myself and trying to find myself. And around, what, I was, it was 2018, I started asking more of my friends who were Muslim, like, you know, like asking more questions. Like, I want to know what this means. Or like, what do you guys, what's your perspective on this? And I started watching lectures because they recommended, you know, a lot of speakers. And the number one person I would listen to was Omar Suleiman. I'm pretty sure a lot of people know him. And I remember it was one night, it was what, September, October. I was on YouTube and I came across the video of how to be in general with the Prophet And I was like, wow, like this video is so beautiful. Like, I was like, you know what? Like, this is my moment. I've been like, you know, trying to figure out like, should I do it? Because 2018 was the time that I actually started focusing more on Islam, learning more. And I just kept thinking like, I want to do it. I want to take my shahada, but I don't know when. Because of course, the number one thing that was holding me back and taking my shahada was my family. Because, you know, of course, any major change in life, you're going to have people who like leave your life, like your friends, who you thought were your friends, they're going to like, you know, not agree with your decision or, like, not want to be around you anymore. So I was prepared for that. But the one thing I wasn't prepared for is telling my family knowing the reaction because 
I feel like I was always the person in the household that encouraged everyone to go to church. It's like, you know, read the Bible, let's pray together. And it was just like, I knew this would be a big shift for them. So it was after watching that video that I knew like, okay, this is in my heart. It makes sense. Everything that I've been like questioning, everything I've been debating about, it's like, this is meant for me. Like I just knew in my heart, like it was meant for me. And I remember it was probably a Tuesday night and I told my friends, well, I told like one person, there's one person I confided in the most about like my thoughts on Islam, like thinking about converting. And I was like, listen, I want to take my shahada. So like, I want you to be there. And it's like, it was a Thursday when I took it. I remember walking into this masjid in my area and uh, there's two women sitting there. I think they're reading Quran t- together, right? And I remember they're so excited and they're like, okay, come back tonight. Like, we're going to have um, Imam Zaid there. His name, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's pretty popular in the area. And I did go back and he was having this lecture. It was on the nine names of Allah. And I took it and it was so like, I don't know, it just felt so right. It was like, it was just meant to happen. Mashallah, that's like, that's a very incredible story on your part. I w- I'm wondering when you had that moment that you wanted to convert or revert to Islam, were you scared to take the step or did it feel easy for you to do that? It felt easy in the sense that I knew that it was meant for me. It was just always like, even in those months when I knew like, okay, this makes sense to me. Like I'm meant to be part of this religion. I'm meant to be Muslim, but it was scary and like I always knew like the reason I didn't want to take my shahada was because my family like I felt like because I was still living at home at the time and I kept saying like you know what maybe just wait till like you move out for university because I was transferring I was in community college at the time I was like I'm gonna transfer soon I won't be home but I just knew if I kept waiting like what's the point like I kept thinking like you you want to do it you know you want to do it but you're gonna wait for what because like you know you don't know when like the world's gonna end and you're just not gonna do it you know so absolutely yeah yeah um so i i guess for you the biggest part was you had your mind set on you know there was a clear understanding that you know this was a way of life for you that you had fully understood that you wanted to join you know enter the fold of islam but that was really that one hurdle which was you know your family and you know how they, yeah. they would um you know take the news and you know how you would break it to them but yeah just kind of walk us through like you know what that took from you in terms of like actually mustering up the courage to tell them and how they took it and um you know your journey from there on so i actually took my shahada october 4th 2018 and i thought of keeping it for my family but the issue was when i was when i took my shahada i knew i wanted to wear the hijab like right away because I was like, you know, like, practicing wearing it, trying to see my how comfortable I was with it. So I did put it on. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's easy, like, you know, just wear it outside, come home, hide it, don't tell my parents. But it came to the point where my parents were telling me, like, oh, it was October at the time, like, oh, we're gonna go on a family trip in November, we're gonna go to Mexico, we're gonna go visit your family. And I was like, okay, it's kind of hard to like, hide it at that point, if we're all gonna be out together. I was like, maybe I just take it off. Like my, uh, I had well, the ladies I took my shahada with, they were like, you know what, it's okay. Like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands. Like, you don't have to wear it. I was like, what if I just never put it back on if I take it off because I'm scared? Because that's the same fear, like, of taking my shahada. Same thing with wearing the hijab. Like, I won't put it back on because I'm scared of my family, you know? Scared of what they're going to say. So, ended up, no, like, I knew I had to tell them because I knew they want to take it off. So, it was really scary. I held it off for, like, a week of not telling them. Kept saying every night, kept texting my family, like, hey, I'm doing it today. And I kept like chicken out of it. I was like, no, I'm too scared. And I just remember 
knowing they were both home in their living room. So I sat down in between them. I was like, all right, I'm going to just do it. So I ripped off the Band-Aid. I told them, of course, the reaction was just as I expected. They were very upset. But I knew that, like, the anger wasn't because, like, of hatred. It was more of, like, like the sadness. Because any parent, like, that raises their kid, any religion is going to be, like, hurt. Because the person that they created or, like, you know, try to, like, make me into is not the person I was. But um, it was just hard in the sense that a lot of people who, like, aren't Muslim tend to have this other perception of Islam because they get it from like the media they don't really know Islam for what it truly is so it just took months of me going through like the very like the harsh comments like backlash and having to like show them like me just not being like fighting back to it not being like super like angry with them and just trying to be the most positive I could and it actually took me like not like having a lot of distance from them and like not being with them all the time for them to realize like they were pushing me away so I had to actually went through Ramadan living at my friend's house and my first Ramadan last year and once we went through that phase my family realized like you know what we need her back home with us we need to be with her and like we went through family therapy actually and that's what kind of helped us and for them to realize like get other people's another adult's perspective like that wasn't being biased in any way for them to tell them like you know like you need to treat your daughter in a different way like we understand like your frustration but like this is how we have to deal with it you know right so I have two converts in my family actually my mom converted to Islam when she was in college and my brother also converted to Islam he didn't grow up with me so I saw firsthand growing up how privileged I am to be born Muslim and I think a lot of times when you're born Muslim you take advantage all of the beauties that exist within Islam and how, how much that lifestyle we can take for granted. So when I saw how my mom would tell me how she struggled, it really contextualized my experience as a Muslim. And one thing she's noticed was that her household was pretty religious as well. Like they followed a lot of um, Christian traditions. They were Catholic, right? They were Catholic. And my, my brother also, when, when I came in contact with my brother, he would go door-to-door of preaching the word of Jesus to households like he would take the Bible and do that so for them to switch from that one extreme to this other extreme which is Islam which is also not really an extreme because we're all Abrahamic faiths but I digress how did that feel being religious in this other sense I, I I definitely do miss like the routine we used to have and me always going to church with my family, like sometimes it, there will be like that little, like not awkward tension, but kind of like that. I'll feel a sort of way when my family will go to church like on the weekends and I'll stay home. Like, oh, the, or they're like, they're going to send my sister like a secret message like without me. Like they're like, oh, like make sure to pray, like say all your prayers tonight. And it's like, obviously I don't need those reminders from them anymore because we don't pray together. So it is different. And it's like, I think it's only harder when you're still at home with your family and like you have that reminder that things are different now and you're not going to have like the same routine with them. But I hope they do like they do know like obviously like Muslims pray five times a day like they do know I do it differently and it took a lot of me trying to explain like we still have like we're united in like the Abraham religions obviously like we believe in one God. It's the same God. And it's just always like trying to remind them of that. So I guess 
outside of your family, obviously, because there wasn't really common ground between you all. You know, you, you know, you're, you're the only person in your family that's a Muslim revert. Um, and then, you know, obviously your family are practicing Catholic. So I'm assuming, you know, that you had to, you know, obviously you talked about going to a local masjid and trying to find community there. Talk about your experiences within your local community. Um, did you feel, you know, welcomed? Was it a sense of, um, and the reason why I asked that question is because a lot of times, you know, there are reverts that don't necessarily feel welcomed in their community because there is a bit of a, you know, you know, um, it, it, it's hard for someone that comes from a completely different lifestyle to adjust to a, a community that's predominantly made up of people that were born into it, that it's like their second nature. So it's hard sometimes for them to, you know, extend a welcoming arm or not necessarily a welcoming arm, but just like not, I guess, subconsciously neglect others. So, I mean, have you had any experiences like that? Or um, I guess generally putting the question, what has your experience been in uh, meshed communities? Okay, of course, of course. So actually, the word to Mishahada was at this masjid in in my area and it was actually very diverse there so i didn't really experience much of like a neglection there if anything they were like very welcoming like oh we have classes this thursday we have harakas on weekends like come to this come to that and they actually have a converts group there that reads every saturday they read this book together i was getting newsletters from them but unfortunately don't get to go because i'm in davis but um they i also so another another message i go to is this another one in oakland which is a lighthouse masjid and it's actually a lot of converts like converts run it it was started by converts so it's like i get pretty lucky with like the diverse group there and but you're once from I california leave, right yeah i'm from california from the bay area specifically right those aren't yeah the, i don't feel like that's as common here in maryland to have like a lot of converts i don't think i don't think convert groups so like that's very interesting to hear that you guys have these resources available to you i'm yeah. very happy to hear that actually yeah, and actually, you know, with social media being so easy to access, I actually feel like get involved into like lots or I get added into a bunch of like WhatsApp groups of like a bunch of converts and specifically Latina groups in like the area, which is really cool. But there are like once I leave those areas where I obviously feel safe to feel accepted, when I like start going to other places, I have experienced like neglection from certain groups. Like if I'm not when they find out my ethnicity, when they find out like I'm not Arab, I do obviously get treated a different way and it's it tends to be from like the older women and like yeah mostly just older women but it's even worse when it's like people your own age who still have like this backwards mentality so me as a latina if i get like treated a certain way for being like for not being out of specifically i can imagine with like what a lot of like black muslims feel in the community if i get treated that way you know so it is like eye-opening but i do know that i've received more positive positivity and more people with like open arms and I have the other way so alhamdulillah that's good to hear um yeah. I know from my brother's from my brother's experience he would tell me that when he first reverted to Islam he had this influx of people and support at the initial stages but then in the months that came he was lacking those resources and if he didn't have a connection with my uncle who's an imam who would coach him through Islam he thought it, and, and of course us as his family members, he thought it'd be more difficult for him to sustain his Islamic identity, which is really sad to hear, but I'm glad to hear that you've gotten the support that you need. So let's transition into your experience of the Latina and how that has coincided with your Muslim identity. Do you feel that people view you as less than as a Latina because you're Muslim now? How have you grappled with both of those identities after you've reverted? 
well specifically starting with my family like wearing the hijab obviously like makes me stand out at family parties because obviously would be the only person wearing the hijab so like when I go I don't know if it's just me having my own personal like just in my mind trying to like you know make myself more anxious about being there I'll think like you know obviously I look different than everybody else well I don't like my face doesn't look different but like just my appearance will look different and uh I just sometimes think maybe I don't look as Latina to them. I don't, like, I stand out to them. Because I've had, like, my family obviously knows, though they won't always know, like, but Islam, they're just kind of weird, a weird little concept. But when I'm there, like, let's say, for example, one time I went to my cousin's wedding. She just got married recently. And she had a bunch of her friends there. And we're all talking, and, like, this dude, like, has no idea that I'm Latina. And, like, bro, he's like, oh, where are you from? Like, bro, I'm the same place from you. So what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? So it's just, like... I do feel like people assume, like, if I wear the hijab, I'm not Latina. Like, people just aren't really aware of it. So with my family, sometimes I do, like, have this idea that maybe, like, I don't look as Latina to them or I seem like I'm trying to be something else, like another ethnicity in their eyes. Right. And even when – so I work at Costco, right? And when I get customers coming up to my line, a lot of them who are Latinos will speak – they'll speak Spanish and I try to help them out in Spanish because they, they like have certain issues. I just want to be like nicer to them, show them like, you know, like I'm here to help. And they'll be super surprised. Like, they're like, Oh, what, like what you speak Spanish? Like, how do you speak it so well? I'm like, well, it was my first language because I am Latina. My dad taught me Spanish. So I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of why, like, it's just like surprising to them. Like they don't, it's not their first, like, it's not their first thought in their head that, Oh, like, because she's like Muslim, like she can be anything. Like it doesn't matter. Like, but, like, yeah, I do feel that being, a Latina and Muslim sometimes makes you feel like you have to prove to other Latinos that you are just as Latino to them and then somehow try to like be around Muslims and have them like understand you you know mm-hmm. definitely if you're a non-Arab Muslim it is a little bit harder to feel accepted which is horrible like Arab superiority is very real in the Muslim arena, should we say, mm-hmm. the Muslim community. Um, but hopefully when we heighten our awareness of those superiorities, for example, when you have like a group of all Arabs and they're speaking Arabic and then the non-Arab speakers in the room are just kind of standing there like, what do I do now? We have to be aware of those moments and also chime in to say, hey, let's step back and be accepting of everyone because that's really the beauty of Islam is that anyone can be Muslim. Doesn't matter where yeah. you're from. Um, but piggybacking off of that, you know, that <laughs> topic of, you know, your identity as a Latina woman, um, how, what, what would you have said, what would you say has helped you kind of balance your identity as a Latina and just your cultural heritage and you wanting be, wanting to be able to hold on to that, but then also your Muslim identity. You know, you talk kind of talked about how, you know, the different support groups of like, you know, like a WhatsApp group of Latino Muslims and things like that. Um, so has that been like an uphill battle of kind of like holding on to culture and like, you know, wanting that to still be a part of you, but then at the end of the day, you know, you know, being the best Muslim that you can and, you know, holding on to that as well. So like, has that kind of been a dilemma for you? It's kind of been like, I think being Muslim, it has pushed me more, like trying to prove to my parents that I can be as Latina as possible. So like, you know, be at home and like, I speak as much Spanish with them as I can. And even like, it's made me realize that, so my grandmother and like her generation, a lot of, a lot of women were actually, they wear shawls in Mexico. So if I wear my hijab like super loose or like, I'll wear a bigger scarf and just like 
comparison away like outlook like my grandmother and like her family like the way like they dress and even our cultural clothing is pretty similar to like a lot of like middle eastern clothing will have like long skirts and like these loose shirts and they're actually like if i wear it a certain way like mom look like i can still be like showing my culture with like you know being muslim so it's like it kind of just maybe try to like find a balance but it is like unfortunately my dad the state he's from he's from jalisco and that that place is where like alcohol is made what tequila is made so it's kind of like you know i feel like a lot of latinos in like latino culture it is drinking is like very big for some reason like every party so it's kind of hard to like for me to go to parties and like be around that and try to show my family like you know like i still want to be here like I'm not gonna participate in all of this so it is kind of just like trying to show a balance and show them that I can still be there without like encouraging certain behaviors. Do you feel that your parents have become more accepting of your identity now? Alhamdulillah they have they have been like more accepting. I've gotten to a point where they actually are like trying to defend me a lot in certain situations like if someone will say something, you know, like even if they're the ones that tell me things, they'll still be the ones to like defend me to other people. So they haven't like sat down with me and like try to like learn more about Islam because like in the beginning when I tried to explain things to them, but of course they didn't want to hear it. But as time goes on, they'll like realize certain things like, oh, okay, like, yeah, you guys believe in Jesus too. Or like, you guys do this and like, uh, it makes sense how you guys like will practice this way. Like, you know, like it's just slowly like, they want to hear about it like for example like during Lent like Catholics are meant to like fast in a certain way and like they'll ask me about um, Ramadan and like how that works you know just little things like that that's beautiful I'm glad that they're turning around alhamdulillah and doing yeah if it's been only like a year and some months of that like I can only imagine like inshallah in the future like they can be even more accepting you know inshallah inshallah so kind of to wrap up Monica um what are some tips for um you know as a community um we're we're a community that you know again it's not we're not we're not a monolith you know we're 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 people of many different cultures background ethnicities how can as a community how can we become more inclusive to those that revert to islam specifically and how can we be there for them during that you know that transition period i think the way that me and other reverts are there for each other like you know we have these groups and stuff I feel like other Muslims can just, like, I don't know, like for, like for starters, of course, don't treat you differently for being a different race or ethnicity. And just always know, like, make sure that they know that you're there for them, especially in times like Ramadan. Like, it can be really lonely for reverts. So just always, like, I don't know, like friends who are supposed to encourage each other, like always have sort of reminders, just, you know, checkups. And, like, a lot of my friends that I've met, like, especially during Ramadan, are always, like, I get, like, bunch of messages daily like oh come to my thought come to this like you know it's like it makes me really happy that I know that people are there for me so if people can do that to other reverts it'd be really nice I love that consistently checking up on one another that's very yeah. important and I think also something that my mom said always helped her was when she had conversations with people about her past faith when people would ask mm. her about why she converted and or reverted and you know my mom doesn't um, care about which term I know some people do convert revert so that's why I, I use them somewhat interchangeably but I know there's a difference um, but my mom says when she talks about her past faith in that and explains to other people she gains even more confidence in her Muslim identity because it's like a stamp of this is what I went through and this is how much gratefulness I feel now for being a part right. of it just beautiful so would you say if people ask you about your story would you be happy to share or is it more personal for you 
No, yeah, like, of course, whenever people ask me my story, like, any person, I feel like this relates to every revert, like, they're going to share, like, the story, there's, like, generic story, and there's, like, the very, like, personal, like, it depends on, like, you know, how much you want to open up to people about every little detail, but, uh, wow, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Wait, can you ask me, what was your question? Okay, I'm just saying, um, um, oh, about, like, your story, okay, yeah, like, that's talking like, about your yeah. past faith. If people should be scared to ask that kind of question, scared to ask. No, if anything, no, I think that it's, people shouldn't be afraid to approach you. Like, I know people always, like, the first thing, they're like, oh, can I hear your story? And they're like, wait, I'm sorry, like, is it too personal? Like, no, like, of course, I love sharing it to people. And, like, I feel that it helps people, especially when they're, like, thinking about Islam. I have one last thing to add. Just anybody, like, who's ever considering Islam or thinking about it, and I know it's like a really scary thing in sense of like, especially when you have family that might give you backlash. Just remember that your efforts and hardship is going to make it easier for your kids and generations to come. Like you coming to Islam is starting that generation of a lot of Muslims after you. So, All right, everyone. So remember our tips here, which is to check up on our reverts in Islam and to make sure we're fostering a safe community space where everyone feels welcome. Aziz. Can you tell our viewers where they can find us? Yeah, so keep this conversation going um, and let us know what you think about today's episode and any points that you want to make. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TalkWithPeace. And Monica, let our viewers know where they can find you. They can find me at Monica Paredes. It's actually spelled wrong. It's P-E-R-E-D-E-S on Instagram. It's pretty hard. Just type in my name. You should find me. Well, Monica, thank you so much for spending time with us today at Talk Your Peace and sharing your story with us in the studio. Um, we hope to connect more and, of course, extend the conversation online. And we'll see everyone in the next episode.